0: be the tennis ball not the egg so when you hit something hard don't don't splat try to bounce back and continue to bounce back and eventually you'll, you'll you should be able to get over it
1: how long has it been
2: hey kid what do you want it's been too be long from? we had an um intra-season break yes exactly Stretch it out like Game of Thrones. <laughs> exactly. We left him on a cliffhanger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was December fourth. It's been five weeks. Five, six weeks. That's okay. Too much of a good thing.
2: <laughs> when you grow up. Welcome back, everyone.
1: We're back
2: to season two
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> of Becoming a Doctor, a podcast where two fourth-year medical students talk about the only thing that we ever talk about.
1: Medical school.
2: I'm your host, Santana Sanchez. I'm your co-host, Kevin Gale. Check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, becomingadoctorpod.com, and on Twitter, at becomingadoctorpod. You can also email us your questions <laughs> Yes, <at> yep,
1: kevinjgale <laughs> at gmail.com.
2: How'd you lock that email down? That's impressive. It was one of the
1: early years of gmail wow i was one of the first to sign up obviously with kevin gale
2: mr google hit you up unlike
1: it's like my <laughs> hey you want to get a good unlike my instagram it's kevin j gale 84 Ooh, 80 83 other kevin gales on that no platform? that's my birthday
2: oh <laughs> birth year birth year wow. anyways
1: what's going on what's going keep it up keep it up
2: okay so this is season two. Season,
1: Yeah, it, you think we
2: planned a five-week break. Lots of changes coming <laughs> at you for season two. I mean, not to the theme song, not to the intro. No, not,
1: not to the script. Not to the, any not, of the content, Not to the really. format.
2: But there's some changes.
1: What it really was is that I had COVID since the break. Yes. Yeah, I was.
2: I was out. I'm sure the listeners were worried about us. Yes. Five weeks, no pod. Five What's weeks, going on with those guys? Five weeks later... We're both safe and healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. I was uh, doing some high, ex- high risk exposure things mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. the holidays, meeting a lot of extended holiday functions, that I kind mean, of thing.
2: Yeah, that's a time when risk for infectious disease is at its highest. Exactly. You gotta visit the family, you gotta do the things. But luckily, as you inside. know,
1: we were serial testing after the holidays. Uh, My girlfriend and I, we were taking the daily over-the-counter androgens because I thought there's no way we're avoiding Omicron. And Mm -hmm. turns out, positive one morning. (laughs) Actually, you walked in on me when it was positive.
2: Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) I had tested. I went to Chicago to visit friends and had a couple exposures. Tested every day for six days. Negative. Negative, negative, negative. Then I went to go hang out with my friend. Come back to the Pod HQ. <laughs> pod HQ. Kevin's rumbling around doing his Kevin stuff. Hey, buddy, give me a hug. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then my timer goes off. You're like, what's that? What's This is what's that timer, Kevin? And I'm like, oh, it's my COVID nineteen over the counter antigen chest.
2: I'm sure I'm negative, but we go check it. Yeah, you're like, I feel great. I'm sure it's negative. That's
1: exactly what I said. And you walk into the living room.
2: I pull up pull up the test. Um positive. <laughs> it's the most positive test I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> and So you run to the study our 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 third guest bedroom, mm-hmm. throw on a ninety five.
2: Throw on the face mask. And say, Get the hell out of here, Kevin. Uh not quite. <laughs>
1: Basically, yeah, I felt no empathy from you at that <laughs> at that moment.
2: <laughs> at that point, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, survival of the fittest. <laughs> you had already fallen, and so I
1: leave within ten minutes. I think. Oh yeah, and then go isolate in my dad's basement for five days. I and- packed
2: up a little care package for you, all your favorite things. Yep,
1: yep. And then my girlfriend tests positive, so I isolate with her for five days. So, basically, that's why we've had no podcasts.
2: Mm-hmm. We were Just, also on a break, so there wasn't a lot of med school activities going on. Not much
1: med on. school activities.
2: Until last week, Becoming a Doctor, part four. Yes. The final. It's, uh, it's part four out of four. Four of four. The final Doctor. Return four. of the
1: Doctor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. we're. I mean, at this point, I guess we are Docs. Well nope.
1: not quite. <laughs> well, maybe in the eyes of becoming a doctor series. Um, for my dad, let me explain.
2: For my dad for, for the listeners. Our
1: med school our med school has these rotations, right? You had cardiology, I had internal medicine. Yep. We have four one week long required rotations called Becoming a Doctor. And during this week, we basically just bombarded with miscellaneous information, whatever topic goes. And it's mostly on Zoom. You get together, you learn about critical race theory. You get together, you learn about ultrasound. Or just random topics. I don't think we would
2: learn about critical race theory.
1: <sighs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, so the last, the fourth week, four out of four of these mm-hmm. of this one week rotation happened over the in the past what two weeks? Uh, last week. And uh, this is the perfect transition to our first segment of the podcast this week
2: which is rotation review for R- becoming a doctor batter part yep. four
1: for becoming a doctor batter part four
2: hmm.
1: and do we have a
2: sounder for this this is uh
1: yeah rotation review there you go
2: okay perfect
1: um and this is gonna be serving as our assignment for becoming a doctor four. Mm-hmm. we have to do a mm-hmm. reflective assignment mm-hmm. and we're gonna reflect on the week
2: i've been reflecting on it <laughs> uh okay <laughs> okay so are we starting with our review or are we going to break down some of the some of the we're going to break down
1: the week some okay. of our thoughts some of our and then we'll review the, the whole thing at the end okay yep. we also
2: have a guest this week yes um yep and we'll do that in 13 minutes okay <laughs> Our okay. A, a tight schedule
1: today hmm. <laughs> so you start what do you got what do you think becoming a doctor for no, we're doing that in eight
2: minutes no, 330. Oh. Yep. 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 yep sorry. Yep. Um so I guess we'll start. So Becoming a Doctor Week started on Tuesday. We mm-hmm. had some good segments. Um I guess they're all we were asynchronous, so we might have had different ones. On that day, I had a I had a um a session called hang on, let me pull up. I want to get the title exactly right. but but um so unprepared. Well,
1: day 1 we had the welcome reflection. That's the first hour. Oh, yes. Then we both had finance and the new physician. Those are both hour. on the first day? Yep. And then the 3rd day was creating radical belongings and reducing trauma and stigma in the clinical setting. That's oh, what I had.
2: I had the same thing. Yeah, so
1: we all, exactly, we had
2: the same stuff. Oh. Why you're just Let <laughs> me flounder out here. You knew exactly what we so, had. So, what did you think? Day 1? Um, so the finances section uh You know, not all of us are finance bros like yourself. (laughs) So I thought it was helpful. Um, If anything, I thought maybe that session could have been a little bit longer and more in-depth. Just because there is so much that goes into it. It
1: was was an hour long about how to manage your own finances as an adult. Yes. That's what it was.
2: Yes. Which is probably not enough time to go over such a topic. (laughs) And myself and a lot of other medical students have never... Had any income of any note, so never had to manage my finances. Yes, yes. Um, I they talk
1: about four hundred one k's. They talk about IRAs, huh? index funds, crypto, mor- <laughs> mortgages, uh, health, life insurance. They talked about all like yeah. the most broad one hour how to manage your finances. As adult. And it's
2: yes, so it really was opening a can of worms. Yeah, yep. More than anything, so you liked it? No, I think it should have been longer. I mean, I thought it was fine. It was just not. It was very surface level, and it was like, "Oh, here's all of this stuff that you need to take care of once you be once you graduate." Here's an here's an introduction. Watch not out. even
1: once you graduate, once you're done with residency, because they were talking about investing in index funds, IRAs, getting a house. No one's buying a house right out into residency, probably. With
2: plenty that. of people do that. Yeah, you're a lot of. It depends on that. where you live. It
1: depends on where you live. It was just so broad and so random. Well, it, and it was 3 months before we graduate. Do you think anyone's going to remember this stuff 3 months later?
2: Um, yeah, probably.
1: Uh. <laughs>
2: I think it's a critical I think it's a critical topic for people that are graduating medical school to talk about. Um it certainly not the best format. A guy, it was like it was a doctor who has no finance background, live, no econ background, live streaming from his <laughs> home
1: office. And it was required. It's a required session by everyone. And so the first minute of the the session, maybe first five minutes, uh-huh. I messaged the course director. And I said, hey, for the non-traditional students who are on a second career, can we opt out of this session? I was an econ major who knows a ton about finance. And I'm sure there are many other students in my position. Also, every student is required to meet with financial services during our last semester. So I, if I have any cues, I will bring up ...up to that point. And mm-hmm. she said, no, this is required.
2: Yeah, I think it makes sense. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it makes sense. Why, I
1: Why does it make sense for me to sit through a session... ...where it's the most basic level of finance... ...and I already know it all?
2: Oh, you know it all, eh? Yeah, I know
1: about 401Ks. 401ks wow. Firing. All
2: right, well, let's move on. Clearly, agree to disagree. Agree to
1: disagree. Okay, that was... Yeah, you're right. There's like a bajillion sessions. That's yes. one of the sessions. But when I described becoming a doctor... It was like the most miscellaneous. I said miscellaneous topic, anything under the sun. This is a perfect example.
2: Yes, but I mean, you have to admit it makes sense that they would want to teach their graduates that they would want their graduates to have some understanding of uh, how to manage their finances.
1: Yes, yes, um, but this should be—is this the right place for it and right, you know, format, mm-hmm. right timing?
2: Probably the right timing because we're about to graduate and have an income. Right. Probably not the right format. Um, like we said, very service level. Very service level. Kevin knew it all. You should maybe next year you can come back and give the talk.
1: <laughs> no way. <laughs>
2: all right, let's move on. Okay. So then the other sec the other uh, lecture for the day was it was a lecture in then small groups was called creating radical boundaries, radical belonging, and reducing trauma and stigma in the clinical setting. Yes. Right? So this was about, uh, generally, this was about not um, stigmatizing your patients and not, like, re-traumatizing people that you see in the clinic or in the hospital. Bingo. Great summary. Very. Sp- it was very specifically about not writing stigmatizing or traumatizing notes.
1: Yeah. I mean, there were some other parts, like you said, not re-traumatizing. Like, mm. if you don't have to ask somebody about their childhood trauma when you're doing an inpatient... Heart failure. You don't do it. Right. But most of it was about when you're writing notes,
2: mm-hmm. what what like terminology to use. Exactly. And um, this was a, I mean, I think it's probably um, an important topic for docs in general as well, especially new docs, to be aware of that Like people come into the hospital or to the clinic from their lives where they have trauma. And you should be cognizant of that. And, you know, not be, uh, not be traumatizing to them. Be empathetic. Yes. Um, but the core of this talk was about making sure to write notes knowing that the, somebody else is going to read them, specifically the patient. Yes. Which, in my opinion, missed the mark a little bit when it comes to medical students and our class. Because apparently this is a new thing, at least in Minnesota, maybe nationwide, with open notes. Where patients, as soon as you sign your note, patients potentially if the if they have an app can access yeah can those read notes, the note exactly read it right away yep, and so if you're putting in stuff there that is rude or um, even if it's true, patients can read it potentially take it out of context and be like, why are you writing these right. mean things about me? Right. Um, but as medical students. We have always had somebody reading our notes. <laughs> Every single note that we write goes into somebody else's inbox. Gets co-signed by they a doctor. Read it, they cross everything out. <laughs> and they, yeah, they co-sign it exactly. Yeah, yep. So we've never been in a situation where we could, where we could possibly think that we could get away with writing something yeah, sensitive in our notes. We're
1: very careful
2: with our language in our exactly. notes.
1: Yeah, good point. I don't, I don't know the, I don't know. I guess speaking of any Melissa, miscellaneous topic under the sun, this is just another one. Like, be careful of your wordage in a note. Yeah, and it does. Is it, it the right time to teach us fourth year med students? No. Is it weird content? Yes. Is the idea good? Not to to reduce trauma, of course, and reduce stigma, of course. But it just seems so random.
2: Yeah, and like um, you said, miss the mark. Yeah, I think it's probably <laughs> is because the people that put this content together are all physicians, and I'm sure that this is like a hot topic in general. Yeah, in and the... they're
1: like reading their peers who use judgmental language to describe their patients, right? Um, yeah, but like you said, give this to the surgeons who are in their 50s and 60s mm-hmm. who have it's new where their 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 notes could be read by patients,
2: right? Well, one th- one thing that they brought up in particular that I thought was interesting and that I had to take some time to reflect on was the idea of reflection, using hashtag reflection <laughs> was the idea of of using um quotations in your notes specifically quoting what a patient says like when you're writing an h P. Right. somebody comes in and they tell you about why they're sick and their yep. symptoms and like what was happening when they got sick and oftentimes you will just write quotes whatever they said and yeah. try to quote them as closely as possible and I feel like we were taught that that was a good thing to do because you're getting, you're quoting exactly, you're not interpreting, you're not editorializing, you're not right. putting your own spin on it. Right. You're quoting exactly, for the history, you're getting, you're putting it exactly word for word into that note. Yep. Um, but they brought up this idea that quoting could be used to, depending on how it's utilized, depending on the quote, to stigmatize or to stigmatize your patient or to... That the quotes could be weaponized, quote unquote, against the patient. Right. Um so instead of saying the patient was in pain, mm-hmm. you say the patient
1: said, quote, I'm in pain, end quote. <laughs> and that could infer maybe they weren't in pain. But that's what they said.
2: Exactly.
1: That's like the example kind of.
2: I'm wondering what you think about that.
1: Uh, you know. <laughs> uh- no no thoughts.
2: No thoughts. <laughs> Great.
1: Hashtag. What, what did I just say?
2: Reflection.
1: Hashtag reflection. No oh. reflection.
2: Oh boy. Well, um, I guess in 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 my reflection, I would say I'm still going to continue to use quotes. I think it's I think it is good to get the patients in certain circumstances to get their actual words in there, even for myself. Just to, I mean, the majority of the time, you're just gonna you're the only one that's reading those notes, Pat, right? Like, a couple days later, um. But I think that I will just think a little bit harder about specifically does this quote need to be included and how could it be, how, it just makes me more mindful about how what I'm writing in there can be misconstrued. Well, if it actually made
1: you more thoughtful or second think or give it a second thought, then the, the purpose of the the hour long session was great. There we go. All right, we got to speed things up here. We got to, we got, I mean, or should we pause, do the guests come back to becoming a doctor? Uh,
2: I think that's what we will have to do.
1: Sweet. Um, oh, I got another hot, hot take on becoming a doctor part four. Okay. The welcome reflection, the first hour. Ah, uh, yes. It was, it was, the first 15 minutes was just semantics. It was like, here's the schedule of the week. Welcome to become a doctor. Here was part one, part two, part here. Now you're at part four. We made it. Then there was doctors who read just like poetry or stories. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the docs, the second doc, I wrote this down. The second doc read in a monotone voice. It was the most monotone reader I've ever heard in my life. And we could go back. I should do that. Pull it up. The the monotone voice. It just doesn't get you excited for becoming a doctor. To have two random docs read two (laughs) random stories about whatever. It's just like no overarching theme. Hmm. It it goes back to what I'm saying. It's just any topic under the sun, throw it in becoming a doctor.
2: Well, weren't weren't they reading um like their own personal like reflections on being a doctor? And it was yeah. like this these are examples of stuff that you can write for your reflective assignment for this week. And like maybe they can be as good as these examples. Here's some good examples. All right. Maybe you can get it published.
1: Yeah. But the co- yeah the it content
2: was, was just random. doctoring
1: it was just doctoring yeah but and it was that exactly what it was it was just two doctors who had written something about being a doctor
2: exactly <laughs> that was the point yeah. <laughs> it
1: just seemed i like just how is this getting me excited for the week Oh. Like get to the content. Talk about critical race theory. Talk about something sub- <laughs> of substance anything of substance. Did we
2: talk about critical race theory? No, I'm,
1: that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay. So instead Just... of instead of like trying to get to something of a substance, we sit and talk about semantics for 15 minutes, and then listen to two docs read, mm-hmm. and then it's over. Introduction's done.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't remember much from that session. I have no notes on it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Point. Well, it was a welcome session. <laughs> All right, so that was day one. Yeah, day one. Highs and lows. pause and go to our guest. (laughs) Let's get our guest online. Our guest was there. Our guest was
1: there. We can ask him about becoming a doctor. Let's not. We don't have to do that. Let's ask him about some other things. Uh, You want to introduce him?
2: Yes. Our guest this week, John Carr. One of the best. Fellow fourth year medical student.
1: Yes, and in all of our small small groups. So we got to know John Carr very much so
2: let's facetime him hey what's up hello john
1: hello john
0: how are you guys doing
2: not bad how are you welcome to the pod
0: thanks for having me it's good we just spent 15 minutes outside with the kids it's about as much as they can spend in the snow and now they're watching some mickey and i'm up here talking to you guys
1: Perfect. Uh, I was going to tell Santana, but I didn't get a chance. My nickname for you is Army John. I think that's a lot of people's nickname for you in med school.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's apropos, I guess.
1: So that kind of (laughs) goes into the first topic. Who's John? Why do I call you Army John, etc.? Give us a little background on you.
0: Yeah, well, I think I'm pretty well versed at this one. This seems to be the opening question for every one of the interviews. I don't know about you guys. You got this down. I think I have this one pretty down. I'll spare you guys some of the the more intricate portions of it. but So let's see. I I was an Army brat. Grew up all over the country. Um, I was born in Georgia, and then we moved one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six, six times. Um, And then we finally ended up in southern Arizona. My mom finally looked at my dad and said, I'm done. Not moving anymore. (laughs) It's it's warm here. Uh, It doesn't snow. I like it, Uh, so we're not moving anymore. So that's where we kind of ended up. Uh, my dad retired down there, and I went to high school there, and then I went to undergrad at the University of Arizona. Graduated way back in 2009. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag old. I'm one, I'm one of the old guys like you, Kevin. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty funny that you and I were literally, the, I think, the first people we met at med school, right? The yeah. Like very first day out in front of the, the union.
1: Yeah, exactly. The two day old one, guys. minute one. And, yeah. and I think I remember you saying, yeah, I'm going to be probably one of the oldest. I'm, uh, I don't know. T- what were you 30 at the time or 29 or something? Or, I was
0: 29. Yeah. 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 29.
1: <laughs> and, and uh, but yeah, you were, <laughs> you were one of the oldest turns out that was correct.
0: Yeah. So as an undergrad, I was on an ROTC scholarship, so kind of had a job after college lined up always, Every person thinks when they, I think a lot of us, especially us that are in med school now, think when you're a freshman, like, oh, that might be a good plan. I'll go to med school. You know, you're naively thinking it's not that hard. Just, mm-hmm. you know, take classes and apply and it'll all be good. Um, but I, I didn't. I, I kind of made it through college is probably the best way to say it. I, I kept my scholarship, kept my grades high enough so that I didn't get in trouble um, and had a career kind of lined up. So commissioned after my undergrad and first duty station was up in Fort Lewis, Washington, Did some schools before that, uh, deployed to Afghanistan, Um, then came back and went to an army school in Arizona. That's actually where I met my wife. Uh, She was also in the army. So I I, I told all my buddies. So the way it worked back then is when you're in the infantry like I was, you didn't ever see women. Like Literally, I don't think I worked with or saw a woman in the work setting for the first four years of my career. Um, And then I went to a school that was mixed gender so mm-hmm. so women were there and everyone was joking that i was going to go and get a girlfriend and i said no nah, there's no way in hell and i didn't lie i didn't go and get a girlfriend i got a wife
1: um, <laughs> you went woman um, crazy
0: for that time in no your life. i mean no, it, it, it was i get it, it I was can also, read between the it, lines. it was a, it was a perfect perfect storm too because you go back to your hometown you go back to an hour away from where you went to an undergrad but you have like you have a job now so you have like actual money. You're not a poor undergrad. So it was like this perfect storm of all this stuff for, for me to go and have some fun. Um, from there, I went to uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Tennessee area, um, did some work supporting the Ebola crisis um, or the outbreak in Liberia from from Campbell. And then I also deployed to Iraq while I was there. Um, long story short of all that, I had a couple really good mentors that I worked with in the Army, Some some docs that really kind of showed me if you really want to make an impact in a community, really the best way to do that is to be a healthcare provider. Hmm. Um, One of the docs we worked with in Afghanistan was a guy who's a pediatric pulmonologist that got yanked out of a hospital in Hawaii and said, you're going to a super remote part of Southern Afghanistan, good luck. Um, And he really kind of showed me what it means to be a healthcare provider. He was a guy, we were doing a lot of work to try and build roads, build schools, get the, the local populace to, to buy in. And, honestly on good days they were annoyed with us on bad days they wanted us gone and then he started a free clinic um and pretty quickly had the afghan medics running it and just the the change you can have in a local area when you can bring a sick kid and get some penicillin or get some tylenol or set a broken bone like it just completely changed um the outlook we had in that area and it was Mm. kind of an oh oh shit moment for me that if you really want to make an impact that's what you got to do um and then my wife when we really decided we wanted to kind of make a family we decided we couldn't stay in the army that wasn't tenable to us having a family and kids she kind of looked at me and said what do you want to be when you grow up and i was like i, I don't know thought i was gonna be <laughs> jumping out of airplanes for for the next 20 years be in the
1: army forever
0: yeah do what my dad did be in the army for 20 years and then we'll figure it out and then she had known all these stories she was like well you should take your mcats i was like there is not a chance in hell i'm gonna do all my mcats <laughs> she's like well while you're deployed take some time and study for them so i did did really well on them and I, I applied to school and we got lucky enough to to get into the University of Minnesota. She grew up here in Minneapolis, so worked out perfectly and and here I am.
1: I, I've never heard the um, pediatric pulmonology in Afghanistan story. That is yeah, amazing it's, it's, and it's perfect for the interview trail. Like they the
0: patients you're interviewing for residency probably love you after that story. <laughs> It, it does it makes it a good it's a good icebreaker because it's something i don't tell a lot of people it's not something that i like want to go out and it's you know it, it, i don't know it's just not if if you ask i'll always tell you but it's not something i try to like go out and, and tell everyone like this is why i want to be a doctor it, it just kind of it was it worked out for me it's it's the what i think med school's hard med school's rough and i think a lot of times i listened to the last podcast kevin and you told your kind of non-traditional route to it. i think sometimes we got to remind ourselves why we did this like this is not a hard this is not an easy path it's hard like Mm -hmm. it sucks sometimes motivating yourself to go into the hospital but if you look back on on the why it usually helps and kind of can motivate you to to continue through and and press on and get to that promised land at the end of this which is when you're when you're board certified after a residency
1: we're basically there after completing becoming a doctor
2: for or basically four out of four we We're basically doctors already
1: um but i can i i believe you that, that you say this one doctor changed the local community's outlook on the army that was there by just giving good health care to to the children
0: uh, yeah it's cool. it's incredible i mean we were in a part of the country where i'm, I'm not it's a, basically it was they weren't they didn't have electricity they didn't have barely had motors they were still relying on you know animals to plow fields and had never really had health care before and the change you can see when a mom can bring a kid with just pneumonia in and before, you know, that's you staying at home and hoping to God that that the kid gets better. to now it's just we just gave him some penicillin or I forget exactly what it was. I wasn't paying attention back then. <laughs> I wasn't studying for step one. But then then you, the kid gets better. You're like, wow, maybe this is something we can help support and get behind.
2: Yeah. What a what a huge change for that for that community. Oh, my gosh. You're going to get into any residency program you want
1: with a story like that and your dad and yeah i just want one
0: <laughs> <laughs> um
1: oh yeah that's the other thing that, that you didn't mention so you got this brought you to medical school at the university of minnesota but now
0: you're a dad of two yeah
1: plus yeah we had something?
0: our our first showed up the first day of second semester first year uh she had really good timing that that was that was appreciated and um, that <laughs> gave me some time Uh, to get stuff under our feet Our, our little guy he showed up actually in july of last year uh we had timed it where i was supposed to take step one the friday before he was due our first was a month a week late so we thought we were good sure enough john shows up three weeks early so two weeks before i'm supposed to take step one i like frantically call the academic advisor. i'm like i am in so much trouble and thank god we have great academic advisors at the u and they set it all up um, and then we're actually expecting number three will be here April 18th. Wow,
1: love it, love and and that is also awesome. being a dad and in medical school. Pfft, that's
0: amazing, honestly. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, it's it's you, well the, the way you do it is you have a pretty incredible wife who who does all that's the superhero behind the scenes. Yes,
1: that's how Santana gets through med school with Franny, his girlfriend. Basically, he relies on her 100. percent No doubt,
2: <laughs> but I have. Three well, two fewer children than you and zero <laughs> on the way. So it's a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, she's a superstar. I mean, she she has all of the residency stuff, all my um interviews. She built a spreadsheet. We have it all set up, so I just go in and fill out notes at the end. That's what you get when you have two type A personalities though. She has it all set up that I just kinda fill in her, we talk after the end of them and then it's kind of all built out. So when we sit and have to make this rank list, we'll have it all good to go. So and, and
1: I've met her. She's so awesome outgoing kind smart at trivial pursuit you can't ask for a better <laughs> partner
2: <laughs> great at trivial pursuit
1: yeah yep um what else what else is about army john we met because we were body buddies you and i we oh, yep. it was first oh. semester in anatomy <laughs> and lab you're with three other peers and john and i stood side by side three hours twice a week Working on a cadaver, learning the anatomy of the human body. Mm. Yeah, you had Quatton
0: on last week, and me on this week. You're you're
1: you're building it up. The Body Buddy Group. That means we have to get the fourth Body Buddy next week,
0: right? Yeah, you could you get a, all three of us in a row. <laughs> I was pretty useless in anatomy. Surgery was never going to be my forte. I was a bull in a china shop. I remember my job was there was a certain <laughs> attending that we all know who he is that that talked quite a bit. So <laughs> yeah, your job was distracting. <laughs> I would just uh, go and take him off to the side and we would talk because otherwise you would never get through your cadaver. We no. would just go talk for thirty minutes and
1: don't uh, somebody's gotta do it. Give yourself credit. You also carried our team at the trivia, which means <laughs> yeah. which means we got top pick for having a TA do a lot of our, our uh, dissection. So you yeah. your trivia knowledge carried the four of us and we got the <laughs> TA coming over all the time doing the tough stuff.
0: It's what happens when you're old, Kevin. You just have, it, that's the the nice way of saying you got a life, a lot of life experience. You're right. That's you why could, I'm so good yeah. at trivia. Agreed. <laughs> All right, that's
1: topic number one. What's topic number two again? Oh, what are you doing in med school right now?
0: Uh, right now, I'm off. I had I I stacked up a lot of pretty rough courses. I I think I did a sick year rotation, an anesthesia sub I, an internal medicine sub I, and a cardiovascular ICU. Oh my god! In the summer fall. So I finished up right before Thanksgiving, and I'm done now until February. And then I do a a radiology rotation, uh, a two-week neuro rotation. I'm done. That is awesome.
2: You worked hard. Yeah, you've earned it. Yeah,
0: Got a couple more interviews left, and then that's it. Submit a rank list, and see you guys on the 18th. (laughs) Anesthesiology,
1: right? That's what residency you're doing.
0: I actually dual applied because we really want to. We have a couple places we want to go because mm. you know we're so smart and we have three kids. And then I want to do a residency, kind of <laughs> need, some support for that one. Um, so the goal is to stay either here or in Arizona where my family is. And you really open up the number of slots when you go from one program in a lot of places with ten slots to three or four and thirty slots. And mm. eventually, I want to end up in crit care. So either way would would be okay. So we'll see.
2: So that's anesthesia or internal medicine?
0: Yep, yep. So anesthesia nice. would be a one-year crit care fellowship on the back end, and and AIM, you do the the palm crit.
2: Nice. Well, best of luck.
1: Yeah, best of luck, dude. I did a cardiac ICU in Atlanta, Georgia. My favorite rotation, and it really makes you appreciate critical care, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I you guys know, I mean, I was dead set on emergency medicine when I showed up, and then... Mm-hmm. Realized very quickly, probably not not the the place for me. I, I loved being in the hospital. I loved the patients. But I was like, every morning I was checking up on patients that I had admitted the next day. And I'd ask attendings, like, what, what happened to you? What was the diagnosis? They're like, I, I don't know. Like, they got admitted. That's, that's kind of where we end. And I was like, oh, well, that doesn't sound like what I want. Um, and then did some ICU rotations and really, really loved it. So that's where we are now.
1: So cool, dude. I'm proud of you.
0: Yeah, we made it, Kevin. It only it only took us four years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not quite. There's still three months where I could get kicked out by the ethics committee at school. So I, who knows if we've made it or not? Uh, Santana's going to IM trying to get out of Minnesota. I'm going to IM trying to stay here. So we might be the same hospital, same program. But That'd be awesome. I'm crossing I, my it, fingers. I'm, if you want to do anesthesiology, you get into it.
0: Yeah, it was. I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, Especially with the pandemic, it's been rough because, like, you just don't see anyone. I, I ran into one person on all those rotations that was like a fellow med student. Quad and I did sick you together, and it was like, oh my god, it's so great to actually see someone again. And then you're going from 180 to like, you know, 30 people. It'll be an interesting new dynamic. I feel like it will be kind of nicer to have a smaller group that you can kind of really get to know and and spend some time with.
1: Yeah, I agree. Residency would be a good chance to get really close with another set of newly, newly fresh doctors. And and mm-hmm. I can give you a compliment. I would completely trust you as a co-resident. I think you have <laughs> such like a really good head on your shoulders. And I don't know, I just totally respect you. And it'd be awesome if we ended up the same program. But I mean, I'll probably have that same respect from all my residents after the three years of am. Um, yeah that'd be sick though if we ended up at the same program i'd love it and we try to get santana to stay in minnesota the three (laughs) of us
0: becoming a doctor for real
1: (laughs) part five part
0: five, part two you'll have to start like a a tv show after you've done a podcast (laughs) you guys could be showrunners it's like the new scrubs yeah oh
2: yeah we'll bring in a couple new med students
1: (laughs) i'll reach out to cbs and see what we can uh, start working on (laughs) Uh, topic three. Oh, favorite memory from med school. That's a oh, new yeah. segment for us. A lot yeah. Has so happened.
0: this one, I I feel like I would get in a lot of trouble if I didn't say my two children are my highlights of medical school. I oh, wow. um, figured you'd say that. <laughs> that. I will. But I'll, I'll actually tell you, it's not a med school story. But this kind of sums up my the the chances I thought I was going to get into med school. So I I interviewed with the U of M, and then you were supposed to. I interviewed in like December, and we were supposed to get. I think I remember them saying like in a month you'll hear yay or nay. So mm-hmm. sitting around waiting, 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 still nothing. Um, so finally, I, I, I like after like it's a week delayed, I, I finally build up enough confidence. I'm like I'm just gonna email. them. like did they forget about me? Am I? I just need to know. So I send an email and I get an email back. This is oh no no you're good. We're actually gonna be calling this afternoon with kind of your answers, yay or nay, or you get an email. Oh my god! Um, so I get the call, and congratulations, you get to med school. So the first person I go to call is my, my wife, Alicia, and she, of course, forgot her phone that day, so I can't get a hold of her. <laughs> oh no. So I, I call my parents, and the first words out of their mouth aren't congratulations. It's like, did you make sure you spelled your last name for them so that you're the right John Carr that got accepted to medical school? <laughs> oh my And I was gosh. like, uh, Mom and Dad, I think I'm the only one with that last name. I hope they didn't screw this up. So I did send an email to make sure that I was the right John Carr in the place. <laughs> That would have um, been a, was kinda, a
1: bummer if it was the wrong John Carr.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 I might be in the minority. I actually had a lot of fun in med school. It was, it was hard at times. It was stressful, but the pandemic put a kind of wrench in some stuff. But I'll always I look back on. I was one of the the guys in the the bottomless or the windowless room in the basement, hanging out.
2: Adidom Squad. Look back,
0: on some of those those rough after saturday afternoons when we're all just sitting around like i don't know what the hell is going on or like <laughs> or something like, like during gi and you're like i don't understand any of this please can someone just give me the one nugget that i can take to this test to know i can at least get one question right <laughs> no
2: i'm right there with Other you that,
0: no, I mean, and then you look back on clinical rotations and you get to spend a lot of time in in, in the hospital which makes those first makes up for those first few years and you have the the long days where you're tired and you're not making the best choices about things. And you can look back on it and laugh now because you, you did something really dumb, but thankfully someone caught it before it became a, an issue and you learn from it and you move on.
1: I um I completely believe that you had a good time in, in med school because uh, we've talked about this before, how you had resilience training in the army, which is something that, We don't have resilience training in med school. Mm -mm. It's just kind of like fly off the cuff.
2: Figure it out. Figure
1: out resilience training. But because you kind of had that resilience training 10 years in the Army built in, you kind of rolled with the punches in, in med school. Whatever they threw at you, you just kept one day at a time, kept a good attitude and got through it. Is that true? Or am I putting words in your mouth?
0: no that's absolutely true it's it's funny you bring that up my Alicia and I talked about this pretty regularly because when you're doing it in the army you hate it you're like god another mandatory it's like mandatory lectures on um, that you have to go to a med mm. school you're like oh boy this is gonna be fun um and you did it once a month but now looking back on it it definitely did help that the two things that they they hit on a lot that um we we bring up a lot one of them was hump the good stuff so it's like yeah even as bad Uh as things one more time (laughs) they used to say hunt the good stuff so even in like the worst possible situation as bad as things can get find the one little good thing Hmm. find that thing and focus on that don't focus on the bad stuff find the the good thing in something and and try to focus on that and if you build up enough of those days where you're finding the good things eventually it's going to turn and you're, you're gonna you're gonna be okay and it's just instead of focusing on negative things, find something positive about it. You know, pandemic wise, I, I ended up being daddy daycare for a while, but you know, I got to spend really quality time with my kids when they were really little that I wouldn't have gotten to spend if mm-hmm. the pandemic had happened. I, I would have been long nights in the hospital, but instead I got to hang out with my kiddos when they were, were newborns and do some studying at night. But I got to, to spend the whole day with them and be happy. And then so you find those small things every day that can like really kind of give you a positive outlook on life and, and focus on those. And then the other one that really is apropos is is be the tennis ball, not the egg. So when you hit <laughs> something hard, don't don't splat. Try to bounce back and continue to bounce back, and eventually you'll, you'll you should be able to get over it and find people that are good people in your life. I mean, Ken, I think I told you this one day. I think it was one of the days during one of my finals. I grabbed you before finals, like I am not in a good headspace. I think. The baby was in the hospital with hand, foot, and mouth. Alicia was pregnant. She had like a 104-degree fever. Like, I had to take this final. I was like, God, today sucks. And you just gave me a big hug and said, hey, man, you're going to make it through and stuff like that. And you, You'll make it through it. It's hard. But in the end, it's worth it.
1: Uh. Oh. I get beat the tennis ball. What was the first? Was it Hump the Good to st- H-U-M-P? Hump the Good Stuff? Hunt. 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 Oh, H-U-M-P. We Find both, the Good Stuff. Kevin. We both were Kevin very Gale. confused over here. Hunt. No, I I wasn't confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hunt the Good Stuff. Mind, mind in the gutter. Yeah, mind yeah, in the gutter. Yeah, Just yeah, like last sure. episode.
0: Yeah, With that's... <laughs> uh, the Bilbo reference.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Mind to the gutter is, def- it is one of my mottos, probably. In <laughs> uh, no, that'll keep you through residency, too, if you find the positives during residency. Uh, I mean, honestly, your resilience, I love it.
2: Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, you're totally right. Like, there's so much things in medical school to complain about. And I feel like a lot of times. Especially these days, when we're seeing each other so infrequently, it's really easy to just fall back into talk to complaining, basically. But that's not beneficial. That's not helpful for anybody. Um, I like that. Hunt the good stuff. Just try to be grateful for for where for where we're at and where we're going. I love it. Be the tennis ball. Don't splat.
1: Don't splat. And always say, if you don't know something, say. I don't know, sir, but I can look it up and get back to you this afternoon, right? That's one of the yeah. That has
0: saved me a lot, and there's there's only been one attending that didn't take that and be like, "No, I'm asking the question now." I was like, "Well, I just I don't know." <laughs> but usually, they, they almost don't know how to respond because you're like, "Oh, this person isn't trying to like find the recesses of their brain I'm like I, I you know what? I just don't know that answer. I will I will find it for you and get it for you, but you got me.
1: Love it." <laughs> And that one doctor who didn't take that answer probably was a surgeon, right? Am I right? Am I right? He
0: family? was a surgeon. He actually was in the Army, and he says, I know exactly what you're doing, so that's not going to work. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: you can't use your tricks on him, <laughs> a fellow soldier. Um, okay, last topic, Santana.
2: All right, the last topic. Last question for you, John, is we want to hear your hottest take, your most controversial most hottest take that you've got for us right now
0: yeah i I was racking my brain about this one earlier and i'm just not a hot take kind of guy (laughs) it's not something that's bred into me the only (laughs) i guess this will be really really it'll hit hard for for the minnesotans that are listening Uh oh. i think the minnesota goodbye is one of the most infuriating (laughs) things on the planet i i came from a family where an irish goodbye is a pretty regular thing Okay. you'll just look up and someone will have left and you just assume you had <laughs> said goodbye and they absolutely have not, they just left. And the first time it happened was at Christmas a couple years ago. It was the first big family event that I had met with my wife's family and she kind of warned me beforehand that like, you know, this this is long and, and th- it was a great time, but we literally at one point, it was at my in-laws house, we said, okay, well, it's, it's time to get going and so I stand up and I start like doing dishes and cleaning up and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, well, Everyone said it was time to go. An hour later, they said it's time to go again. And I'm like super confused at this point. And so then, like, they actually finally start putting on their coats. And then a half hour later, after everyone's put on their coats, we're still talking in the like entryway. And then we all walk out to the cars <laughs> to say goodbye. And it's it's Christmas in Minnesota. It's like negative fifteen degrees outside. Yep. And we're standing by the cars saying goodbye to people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, we have literally said goodbye four times now. Like, what in God's name is going on? And so now my Alicia can't stand it, but I, I now have a habit of I start a timer at family <laughs> stuff when the first person says, Well, I think it's time to go. And I think yeah. our record is 45 minutes like that's the fastest we've been able to say goodbye oh my god so i gosh. think my, my hot take for the minnesotans will get a little annoyed with me it's just guys enough if you don't want to say goodbye that's fine just just wait till you actually want to leave
1: <laughs> now that's the perfect hot take coming from you because you like self-described military brad You know, been in the army where there's Mm -hmm. no, like, chit-chat nonsense, and then you get to Minnesota, and you walk people out to the car to say
2: goodbye. All it is is chit-chat nonsense.
0: (laughs) In
1: Minnesota.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's not the small talk that kills me. It's the, why do we have to say this four times before we actually do it?
1: Well, don't worry. At the end of this interview, I'll just hang up on you. No goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) No no thanks for coming. None of that nonsense. Mm -hmm. We get it. Oh, uh, that's a good hot take. Uh, do you agree, Santana? Does that get your blood pumping, or or do you uh, <laughs> do you
2: like the extended goodbye? I think I, I, you know, I was born into it. It's just part of who I am now. Doesn't get my blood boiling uh, at all. Nope. I'm ready for it. Four goodbyes, five goodbyes, six. Ready get in the it. get in the front seat of the car. Chat a little bit more. <laughs> Whatever you want.
1: I'm definitely <laughs> born into it too because I like. The goodbye once, goodbye twice, then give a hug. Goodbye, hug. Give a goodbye, you know, the whole thing. A <laughs> oh, goodbye. What? <laughs> the, what? Goodbye, hug. That's what I'm saying. Goodbye, kiss? No, no. <laughs> it's 2022, dude. What? <laughs> no goodbye kisses.
0: Well, we have the the best excuse ever now because for us, it's like, oh, the kid's got to go. Time oh, to go.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, perfect.
0: Nap time or someone needs a diaper change or someone's hungry or cranky. And so we're on the clock.
2: Mm. Yeah, easy out. Love it. The kid excuse. Have
0: kids for it. Have kids just for the built-in. You know, we got to go.
1: Got to get going. Um, On that note, we've taken too much of your time, John. You are. Well, I appreciate it. It was great, guys. Yeah,
0: I started listening after Kevin called. I didn't even know you guys were doing this. So (laughs) I will. It will be an added, added while I'm exercising on the bike at night. Just listen to a podcast. Keep me, keep me excited and, and smiling about some of the memories we made while we were here.
1: Love it. It, we, we should have had you earlier, mm-hmm. so thanks for coming on. Yeah, th-
0: Appreciate it, guys. Good luck.
2: You too. Take care.
0: Bye. Later. Cut him
1: off. Cut, Cut him his line. No more.
2: That's hilarious. Army John.
1: That's exactly his personality, too. You know, <laughs> no Minnesota goodbye describes Army John well.
2: Minnesota goodbye, it's tough. It's a tough spot to be in. I said it, though. I would trust him as a fellow resident 100%. Oh, yeah. I would love to end up a program with Army John. Oh, yeah. You're in the middle of the night. John's there. You, Some, something's going wild. Breathe easy with John there. It's going to be fine. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be fine. And I love that uh, don't be a tennis ball. Yes. Or do not do be a tennis ball. Don't be an don't egg. Don't be an egg.
1: And he lives by those things. Mm-hmm. I think he says them often to a point where he actually lives them, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's Army John.
2: Um, there you go. There's something else that he said that I wanted to bring up, but now I forgot immediately. It cracked you up. That was great.
1: Uh, oh, I know what he said. He said, hunt the positive. Yeah. So let's go back to becoming a doctor review. Finish out our review by oh. hunting the the positive.
2: Hunt. I'm on the hunt.
1: And then we'll give our rotation review. I'm on the hunt. It's positive season. <laughs> where are they, where, is, where is it hiding at?
2: Okay. So now we're on to day two, becoming a doctor. No,
1: no. Let's skip it all. Let's just hunt the positive and be done with it. Okay. You go first. I'll go first. Okay. One of the sessions I love, day four. It's four days.
2: Okay. We're on day four. Fast forward.
1: It was, it was some session about... Advocating for Legislative Change.
2: Oh, this is our in-person day.
1: In-person day. Let me this. tell you what it was called. The session was called Legislative Advocacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was about 20 of our peers. We got together, and we were learning how to do an elevator pitch to one of uh, our Congress members in order to be uh, an advocate for certain legislative changes. Right. The reason I loved it, Hunting the Positive, is because we had the opportunity to meet one of our congressmen, congresspersons, I should say, because it is a female doctor in the House. She is, I know, (laughs) weird phrasing. She's currently- (laughs) We'll edit that. A House representative, and she's an OBGYN doctor. That's crazy. She got into politics after Trump was elected in 2016, Mm. became a House representative in 2018, and she was basically there saying- I'm so excited that there are med students who care about uh, politics, care about legislative changes. Yep. And so our group of, small group of four, decided to do an elevator pitch on uh, reproductive rights in Minnesota. Awesome. Uh, so she was Let's so articulate. It. She was, oh, you want me to give the elevator pitch? Yeah, why not?
2: I'd love to hear it.
1: Okay. Well, let me stall for time. I think I wrote it down, actually. So.
2: Um. Yeah, that's a really cool session. I mean, I think it is. Uh, it is because doctors in general have such like an outsized voice for their community. Like we're inherently viewed as community leaders and as authority yes. figures. Yes. It is super important. I think for this to be included in medical to school, to get into politics, well, not to get into politics no, necessarily sorry. to
1: be involved in
2: to be advocacy. an advocate. Yeah, exactly. Yes. To at least have some sense of how to do that. What your role is. Um Because People will, you know, people will trust us almost inherently um, just because of our signature MD at the end.
1: So this is a good um, practice of trying to advocate for legislative change. Yeah, I think
2: it's great. So I'll give you
1: our elevator pitch. Okay, I can't wait. And we picked uh, reproductive rights, so we were lucky to also work with... The, uh, the House Representative. Oh, OBGYN. Kelly Morrison. Dr. Kelly Morrison. I don't know why. I'm not just referring to my name. She joined our group, and so it was four students and her kind of working on an elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want me to... I wrote it down because Rachel gave the elevator pitch. So should I say, hi, my name is Rachel, or should I... Go ahead. ...modify it to myself?
2: I want you to read it word for word.
1: Okay, good. Hi, my name is Rachel. Thank you for meeting with me. I want to talk to you today about the Women's Right to Know Act. Hmm. Currently, the Women's Right to Know Act is a law in Minnesota that forces doctors to read a script to patients that contains blatantly inaccurate statements regarding the risks of abortions. Oh, this script potentially damages the patient doctor relationship. It creates barriers to care and provides inaccurate and redundant medical information. Uh, For Mm. example, it links breast cancer to abortion. What? Which is simply not true. And yet, it's still part of the script that do- doctors are forced to read.
2: Shaking my head.
1: I know. Uh, and as someone with a personal family history of breast cancer, mm. I find this insulting that it's linked to abortion. Uh, so I'm asking you to carry a bill that calls for this law to be removed from legislation. Thanks for meeting. You're welcome. That's it. <laughs> Ta da! I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> You got me exactly. That's how the elevator pitch works. Uh, So that was our example. I love it. Hunt the pos. Wait, Satan, your voice.
2: Uh, hunt the positives. It's
1: hunting season. (laughs) It's
2: positive season. (laughs) Positives are on the menu.
1: So, (laughs) uh, so yeah, uh, so I we did this elevator pitch. I really like that session.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, and that's that's a good like practical skill for a future physician that's we're not going to learn that on the wards that's not going to come up in your no. clinical education that's a perfect thing for better part four and of four. it was
1: a great opportunity to to hear dr kelly morrison representative kelly morrison's a story of why she went into politics it was oh. it was because she was an objyn right yeah pro career yeah yeah and then the 2016 election
2: and we were even talking about it before like why? If you're a doctor, how would you ever end up getting into an elected office? Like, I can't even imagine that. Oh,
1: did I tell you the story about that?
2: No, we. I think we talked about it before you. Okay, met so let her. me. T- <laughs> I let was me like, tell you the
1: story. So you're like, why are you taking legislative advocacy? Like, do you want to go into politics
0: or something? I, like, huh? and I go,
1: no, 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 and I'm like, I don't know what med student would want to go become a congressman. Yeah, it's- and I brought her up. I brought... There's a doctor in the house right now. Like, Mm -hmm. what was she thinking when she went to med school? I want to become a politician. Right. And so then, we're in the small...
2: This was literally 10 minutes before you met her, probably. Yes, exactly. We were walking to school. So
1: we were at school, and this legislative advocacy advocacy session is starting. We're going around the room doing introductions. Mm -hmm. Each student says, hi, I'm going into this, why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, for some reason, I'm the last person to do the introductions. And during the introduction, they skipped over Representative Kelly Morrison, the the leader of the yep. the session said, Oh, let's let's skip you so we can save you for last. And so, okay, so they I'm the last student to introduce, and I go, Hey, I'm Kevin. Uh, going into I Am. Why I'm here, actually I was just talking about this with the, my roommate, and I acted out. I was like, I'm driving to school, and he's sitting next to me. <laughs> and he's like, Why are you taking this class? Are you gonna be a politician? I go, no. Who on earth, oh, which no. med student would ever want to go and <laughs> become a congressperson? Uh-huh. And then I said, and on that note, I'm handing it off to Representative Dr. <laughs> Dr. Kelly Morrison. And so it got a huge applause laughter from our peers. Standing ovation. Standing ovation,
0: yeah.
1: And so and Dr. Morrison was <laughs> laughing about it. <laughs> uh, it was a pretty per- perfect transition.
2: And I'm guessing that when she was in medical school, that was not in her plans.
1: Not at all. Nope. The 2016 election changed things for her. Mm, as it did for a lot of people. Very inspiring story. Yeah, for sure.
2: Well, I love it. And we're hunting the positives. Hunting season <laughs>
1: open. <laughs> when is hunting the positives a season open? R- right now. <laughs> um,
2: okay, let me hunt some more positives. So. Uh,
1: <sighs> we're still on rotation review. We're breaking it down. We're being
2: reflective. So I can hunt a negative really quick. I was on my way. Oh. <laughs> to one of the sessions that i heard was the best there's a session on buprenorphine which is a treatment for um, opioid use disorder yes an amazing treatment that is uh that the number needed to treat which is this fancy medical statistical term that fancy medical people use meaning that say what exactly Number needed to treat, meaning that there's a specific number of patients in the community that need to be receive a treatment with some medication to, for one of those people to have their lives saved, basically. So for like um, a blood thinner, the number needed, like thousands of people in the country are treated with blood thinners. The number needed to treat is probably like sixty or something. Yeah, super high. Um. For buprenorphine in people with OU opioid use disorder, people who are addicted to uh, prescription painkillers or heroin, the number needed to treat, I believe, is three, meaning that if you give three patients, get three patients started on this medicine, on average, you will save somebody's life.
1: I had no idea. That is it's amazing. It's incredibly low. One of the lowest number needed to treat, probably. One of the lowest. I was shocked. Did you already know that pre-session? I knew that pre-session.
2: Okay, so that's why you're like, I'm super excited to go to this buprenorphine. Learn le- more about bu- it. Boot camp. The bupe boot camp. Yep. And it was being facilitated by friend of the pod, Charlie Reznikov. Dr. Charlie Reznikov, go back on the on the list and listen to him. Yeah. Look at our back catalog. Is he in the back catalog? It's no, in, he's pre. It's in the secret episodes. Okay. <laughs> the hidden episodes. Um only becoming a doctor. Faculty, I think we'll have access yes, to that. exactly. Ex- anyways, Listen, so anyways,
1: you're about to go. You're excited about this becoming a doctor. I'm, s-
2: I'm so excited. And um, it was so cold that day. And I crashed my car into a wall.
1: Oh,
2: no. <laughs> straight into we a wall.
1: We haven't used enough sounders. Yeah, do we have say a car? that line again. I got, yeah, I got, I got a good
0: one. Yep.
2: So I'm driving, and then I crash straight into a wall. That's literally what I sounded like when I was fishtailing on the highway. Well, I was I wasn't on the highway. I was getting onto the highway. Yeah. Yep. I made that Darth Vader sound and then slammed into a wall, shattering my car's bumper. Yep. And
1: it sounded like this.
2: Talk about (laughs) re-traumatizing. So that sucked. That's going to be a negative. Luckily, I was fine. The car's fine. Because I crashed into a wall, no one else was hurt. Thankfully. Um, But I missed that session, sadly. I missed that whole day. Yep. Uh, So that's a negative. We'll do a little sandwich here. Yep That's the negative meat
1: I started with the positive bread
2: (laughs) I came in with the negative meat
1: But now we're going to hunt the positive
2: We got to get that last slice of positive (laughs) Um, And that's going to come in the form of Your
1: last becoming a doctor review
2: Uh, So on the same day when you had your advocacy session Legislative advocacy I had a session on ultrasound some some would say that point Wubba of killer cre- dub dub. <laughs> ultrasound. Oh. Wubba lubba dub dub. Ah, thanks. <laughs> Anyways, there's been an ultrasound session at Every Becoming a Doctor week and I've signed up for all of them. Yes. The previous 3 Becoming a Doctor weeks were all virtual. Oh. So it was a virtual lecture on how to do this very practical skill of ultrasound. Yes,
1: hard to hunt the positive on those virtuals. But this time yeah. it's in person. Yay!
2: The it seemed like the whole emergency department uh, was there, doing hands-on teaching with uh, volunteers and mannequins on a whole bunch of different ultrasound techniques: cardiac ultrasound, fast exam, so sick, pelvic ultrasound, yes. central lines. Yes. Um, and so it was really cool to number 1 finally get some hands on training with this but also to realize like how much we've actually learned like the cardiac ultrasound um used to be look at it this fuzzy picture no clue it's a bunch of fuzz but now after 4 years of <laughs> medical training
1: and 2 years of of rotations a year and a half rotations yeah
2: we can easily say oh here are the chambers here's the valves here's the pericardial sac yeah so that's cool and then on top of Let's that get
0: this mother
2: yeah keep going thinking back to uh first year when we first learned how to when we first had our first ultrasound sessions which were during anatomy yes first semester, semester first semester. year yes and we're lost we're like which way do we hold the probe where do we look what's up with no all this gel? idea, yeah and then just to fast forward to now um, and how much more, like how much we have actually learned—that is truly practical. So
1: you appreciated the content, and you also appreciated how far you'd come, almost
2: in yeah, that moment. Exactly, got a little dewy. Great
0: eyes. success. <laughs>
2: so that's my positive. That was oh, a great session. Great. And those ED docs are so kind and patient and answered everybody's silly questions. Oh, that's nice. Probably a hundred times over the couple of days. Right.
1: Right. Right. Uh, it was awesome. So there were some good sessions in Becoming a Doctor 4. Oh, yeah. As long as we're hunting the positive. Now. We love hunting the positive. Let's do a full review. What's the criteria for this assignment, Becoming a Doctor Assignment? We pull that up. Or do you want me to pull it up? Uh, I can pull it up. Uh, because we also are submitting this podcast for the Becoming a Doctor 4 assignment. Yes. It's a reflective assignment, and we have to have certain elements. Yeah. One of them was building community. That was interviewing John. We we're building a community with one of our best buddies in med school.
2: This is very meta now.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm doing it. One of them was reflection. If we do, that's all we're doing is reflecting on becoming a doctor. What was the other two? I live to reflect. Oh, one of them was professional Preparation. Preparation, which is you can't a full podcast with sounders. Great success. It's hard to get more professional than this.
2: Speaking of which, shout out Chuck Levins. Washington Music Center. For- this
1: audio equipment makes it so professional.
2: Yeah, we've got a full podcast set up for this assignment. Just, yep. you know, just a side note. Yep. And what's beow, the fourth beow. one? The fourth one. Use references as appropriate.
1: Oh yeah, no problem. In Kevin's corner, we'll use some references.
2: Oh. Whoa. Okay, so let's review. Let's give our uh, 1 out of 10. No. Yeah, one 0 out of the to 10, ten stethoscope rating. <laughs> I almost gave away my rating there. <laughs> Becoming a doctor part 4 out of 4. Kevin, you can go first.
1: Um, I'm glad we hunted the positives. Mm-hmm. But, on a whole, it seems to me that becoming a doctor is a week when any doctor or faculty can come in and give a lecture or require a session on any topic under the sun.
2: <laughs> you, did, you did say that before.
1: <laughs> like... Finance.
2: Mm -hmm. Important topic.
1: Or legislative advocacy.
2: Well, not a required topic, but an important one. Or... Here um, are the important... Here are the required...
1: Not using certain wordage in our electronic
2: notes. Right. Not being offensive to our patients. Right. All important topics. I mean, sorry, I I keep... I'm cutting you off.
1: Or cross-cover emergencies. I think... On, on Maybe in a perfect world, these are all important to learn about, but mm-hmm. it, they're all required and they're all basically made up by our faculty who didn't go to school to become teachers. So we have, we're have being lectured like on economics and finance by just some random doctor. Mm-hmm. That is my overall impression of becoming a doctor part four, okay. part three, part two, part one. Mm-hmm. So... Were there some positives? Yes. If I'm ranking compared to all the other rotations I did, like mm-hmm. awesome RPAP, awesome ICU, cardiac ICU, this is like a three or a two out wow. of 10. Wow. <laughs> not being negative, just being honest.
2: That's all that matters, really, at the end of the day is that you're honest. Technically not a real rotation. So hard to compare we'll, to the other ones. Yeah. We'll, Very we'll give it a, a caveat. Um,. Two, you're saying two or three? Yeah. Yep. Stethoscopes. Uh, and, and
1: the reason I, another reason I say that, two to three stethoscopes, is because I think if it wasn't required and students were able to choose whether they get value from these sessions, a majority of students would not go to most of them. They'd go to the ultrasound one. Mm-hmm. They might go to the cross-cover emergencies. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, you won't get much attendance.
2: Well, thank you for your comments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're welcome.
2: Um... Uh, my feedback. I will say I think that becoming a doctor, intercession weeks are a requirement by the double AMC. So our school is not the only one doing this, right? And nobody will ever escape it. It can only be optimized. And I do think that this mm, interesting. W- session was my was the best one. Oh, um, or this week.
1: Oh, love to hear it. Beow, beow, beow. And I think that's
2: mainly because we had opportunities to be in person. Sure. And these types of sessions work best when you are in person, you're a little bit more engaged, um, and you're able to actually, I mean, like, Zoom is an amazing technology where you are able to collaborate with people from a distance. But it's just not the same. Not the same. It's just not the same. Um. Oh, so you liked this week. I did. And the I did like it. Um. I think after, I mean, other than crashing my car, that was really the big downer uh after very separate from becoming a doctor <laughs> <laughs> after like a month off from school basically and after a long time of not seeing a lot of my peers it yeah. was nice to kind of get back together do something a little bit more um uh low key low intensity yes and take away a couple pearls from the week um obviously we're not going to learn nearly as much as we do as in a month of cardiology or a month of ICU or even, or any other rotation. I would say, uh, I would give this rotation a five out of 10 stethoscopes for those reasons.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let's get this mother crock. Um, Uh,
2: and, and I'm hopeful that next year, uh, COVID will have progressed to a point where they can do, they can return to the entire session being right. in person.
1: All four required in-person becoming a doctor weeks instead of someone on Zoom. That would be good. And, and I will say this students used to love these weeks because mm-hmm. they'd, be on these tough rotations in the ICU, tough rotations in the emergency room. Mm-hmm. And then you get a week where you come, you get a week off of like the tough rotations, you come back and you chill with your peers in person. Yeah. And like you said, maybe get a pearl or two, but most mm-hmm. of it's like camaraderie.
2: Yeah. Decompress a little bit. Yep. Maybe complain a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh. It, thank God we had John because hunt the positive is an important thing to remember.
2: It really is. All right, let's move on. Row, row, rotation review. That was a long segment. Is the
1: hunting season closed now? Or
2: hunting season's not... over. Sorry, <laughs> dude. All right. What's our next segment? It's time for everybody's favorite segment. Yes? Kevin's Corner. <laughs> Let's hear it.
1: So hunting season. Uh, Hunting season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Becoming, uh, I'm sorry.
2: I got distracted there. My phone was ringing. Hunting season. <laughs> That's what we're talking about.
1: Kevin's Corner. <laughs>
2: we already, I'm to so.
1: reset myself. Okay.
2: We'll edit that out.
1: I was going to talk about, I sent you an article yesterday. Mm. It was from The Atlantic. It was a downer, which is known to have like the longest articles ever. Um, this one was about the pandemic. <laughs> that it was written what... five days ago and about how uh, stressed to the to the max the healthcare system is mm-hmm. the patients the workers the system itself because mm-hmm. of the delta and omicron variant on top of a two-year pandemic precisely um and good I gonna, article i was going to talk about that but everyone has such covid kind of burnout i'm not going to talk about it. i decided <laughs> to talk about kevin's top five minnesota winter activities it's on the theme of hunting for the positive. I, it's, and I was going to like pull up articles. Oh, here's seven here. Here's M- Michelle's top 13, et cetera. But I thought I'd make my own because this is our podcast. It's Kevin's it's Corner. Kevin's Corner. I can do whatever I want, right? Mm-hmm. So this is in no particular order. Kevin's top five Minnesota winter outdoor activities. Perfect. This is a perfect sounder. <laughs> All right.
2: Number five.
1: (laughs) There is free ice skating. It's on a covered ice rink. So you're talking like professional hockey-grade
2: ice rink. You're talking Zambonied multiple times a day.
1: Honestly, Zambonied (laughs) multiple times a day. And it is in St. Louis Park. Whoa. It's at the St. Louis Park uh, Community Center. It's Mm -hmm. called the Rec Center. Okay. Um, and it's every time my girlfriend and I call, Danny and I call, mm-hmm. they have free public skating from 11 a.m. to 3.30 p.m.
2: I've heard the Wild uh, practice on that ice once or twice a month. Is that true? Yeah.
1: At St. Louis Park?
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I believe it because the ice quality is so good. mm mm-hmm. uh, So we've been doing that, and that's like such a great activity because it's covered, so if it's like pouring snow, it's also kind of insulated from the wind. Yep. Is insulated the right word? Yeah. Kind of insulated from the wind. And it's just a great, you got, if you're in Minnesota, you're going to lose your marbles unless you go outside. You're going to lose it. So outdoor skating. Love it. That's one of the top five.
2: Love it. Kevin's outdoor. And there's boards. So if you're a terrible skater like myself, don't know how to stop. You just run at the boards. (laughs) There you go. Uh,
1: You're being modest because I've gone skating with you and you're a better skater than than I am. Uh, And my, Danny is a figure skater. Yeah. By she grew up figure skating through the age of eighteen, so she's completely. She thinks I'm a good skater. She thinks I'm a good skater. She thinks she'll think you're a great skater, probably. Wrong. <laughs> Anyways, that's part of the Kevin's list. Of All right, outdoor activities
2: number four.
1: <laughs> the perfect sounder, cross country skiing, Whoa. on the chain of lakes.
2: Wow, tell me more.
1: Also free. Also outdoor. So, mm-hmm. you know the chain of lakes in Minneapolis. We got, we're we talking Lake Cedar Lake. There's right five of them. Are there? Yeah. Oh, I thought there was only three. Cedar Lake, Lake of the Isles, Bidet Macosca. What are the
2: other two? Harriet and Brownie.
1: Well, you can't get to those lakes from the other
2: lakes. I think you can get to Brownie. It's really small. It's over here.
1: Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's on the northwest corner of Cedar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, there's at least... I mean, I guess it's not... Maybe it's not connected.
2: Whatever. It's... There's
1: four three at least connected three gigantic lakes. cedar Giant lake of the ice pedemacaska wow. and the city of minneapolis um, plows snow on the lakes after they freeze over for cross country skiing specifically wow they actually make parallel tracks so if you're doing classic cross country skiing where your your skis stay parallel you can go out there and ski for and it's for cl- i think I, I pulled it up in in preparation for this here is one of the Things I'm citing for our references. Yeah, yeah. Lopit.org. It's Chain of the Lakes Ski Trail Map. (laughs) So, Cedar Lake Trail is 2.3 kilometers. Lake of the Isles is Mm. 3.5. Baday Makaska is 3.1. So, you're talking about 10 kilometers of skiing without ever repeating yourself. It's it's amazing. I love it. And it's the the city of Minneapolis puts on. So, as a cross country skier Mm -hmm. in high school, all state cross country skiers. If <clears throat> I should say. Okay. I uh one of the things I do enjoy doing in the winter outdoors, in Minnesota, not to lose my mind, is cross country skiing. It's yeah. in my backyard basically.
2: And you've done it so many times this year, it's like hard to keep track.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Number three.
1: <laughs> Number three. Now this one is a little bit more you gotta be socioeconomically stable, maybe in the top ten percent. <laughs> Okay. I think winter walking is awesome. I love walking in general.
2: Yeah. Like, Kevin's a big walker. But a winter
1: walk when there's like mm. not that much wind, three mm. o'clock, the mm. winds die down, maybe it's 20 degrees, maybe it's 10 degrees. Maybe. I say if you can get yourself a Canada Goose coat, <laughs> you can get yourself some Sorrel outdoor boots oh, baby. up to the shins, and you can get yourself some smart wool shin-high socks, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. you can go out in zero-degree weather, negative 10, negative 20, with that type of... You can of, go to Antarctica. Yeah, honestly, you'd probably be fine up there. Down there. And you. Can, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so a winter walk... You gotta oh. be doing it at least once a week. Yeah, and gotta. unlike my cross-country skiing, <laughs> I have been doing winter walking on the regular this winter. Yes,
2: and that's what anybody can do. You know, I don't know how to ski, I do know how to walk, and I will yes. learn that at a young age. <laughs> oh, yeah, some would say you're good good at walking. Some would say,
1: <laughs> some would. And I will I will say this: it didn't snow that much in December, so it was hard to do cross-country skiing. Out. Oh yeah, so that's why my ski numbers right. are low. Sure, this season. Yep. But I might go tomorrow. I you might, might go the next day. <laughs> maybe. Uh so that's one of the five things to do.
2: Love it. Number two.
1: This is also uh an outdoor activity, right?
2: Aren't these all outdoor activities?
1: Well, maybe. It's it, <laughs> the, the list is called uh Kevin's Top Five Minnesota Winter Outdoor Activities. Okay. So yeah, so it does fit the um it does fit the thing, uh, so their winter running is one of the top five. Really? Yep.
2: That's number two.
1: Uh, yes, but there is a caveat because, for example, my uh, Danny was rental running and she fell on ice, bruised the hell out of her hip. Wow. Right, so you got to be careful. You
2: gotta. But
1: they make traction devices that you can put on the bottom of your running shoes. Whoa. Um. There's a bunch of different ones, right? One of them is Yak Tracks Traction Device. Okay. Sold at REI. There's sure. a bunch of them. So you can put them on the body of your shoes and you can uh, really increase your grip, feel safe running outdoors, mm-hmm. even with snow or ice.
2: Keep that good form.
1: So I recommend picking one of those up for 25 bucks, 30 bucks, a, a set of those. Then you can be running outside and. You know, we've both been running on the treadmill a ton this winter. Yep. But it is better to run outside. You just feel better at the end of oh, the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt about running
2: it. Running on the treadmill feels like a chore, no yeah, matter what.
1: Well, even if you, yeah, even if you put a show on or a YouTube video, it definitely feels you're like counting you're just counting down like the, the miles or whatever. But if you're outside, you, you can go longer. It's easier to run outside, mm-hmm. faster. You can so, see the sights. And most people probably aren't running outdoors during the winter, but I no. recommend it. And you don't need to be wearing that much clothing. Good hat, good gloves, spandex, you know. So that's number four or two. Where were we at? That was number two. We're coming up to the top.
2: No, but this is in no order. We're coming up to the number one top.
1: Five.
2: Top one thing.
1: No, it's no order.
2: The top dog. Who's in the top spot? We're talking about number
1: one. There's a couple other outdoor activities I could mention.
2: Oh, honorable mentions.
1: Honorable mentions. There at Elm Creek, there is uh, tubing and it's oh, yeah. awesome. So there, fun. There's also skiing, uh, snowboarding, right? Downhill activities. I was going to yeah, downhill. I was going to do that stuff, but instead mm. I'm cheating. As a winter activity in Minnesota, number 1. It's not outdoor, <gasps> but I have to recommend this to people oh in Minnesota. Gosh. It is the M Health Fairview Mile Walking Path at the Mall of America.
2: <laughs> Another walking activity.
1: It's a misnomer because it's called the M Health Fairview Mile. If you Google M Health Fairview Mile, yeah. it'll show up at, at the Mall Google. of America. Put that into Google or DuckDuckGo. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be using Google. <laughs> you don't want your you know info being <laughs> stolen. It is... There's, like, signs all over the of America. Yes. It's arrows. It's the walking route.
2: I thought it was an arrow to a pharmacy when I was there. I was like, where is the pharmacy?
1: No, no. It's a walking. <laughs> you'll walk forever if you follow those arrows. I did. And there's a one-mile lap that's on level one, two, or three. Okay. It's a 5K if you do one lap on each level. One, two, three. Oh. It's a 10K. You can do the math. If you hmm. do two laps... Yep. On levels one, two, and three. What about,
2: how do you get to a 15K?
1: <laughs> yeah, do three laps on what? level one, two, three. And there's a one K, just one lap on level four.
2: Oh, awesome.
1: So it's hard to get good walking. Your steps in sometimes. Oh, in, yeah. In Minnesota. And even though this is an indoor activity, I, I, I recommend it. I, if I lived in a small of America, I, would, I sincerely would be doing it every day because you throw a mask on and you go walk six, 10K, 6.2 miles indoors, not repeating very much. Mm-hmm. You're, you're people watching. Yeah. You're looking at the stores. Maybe you pick up a Cinnabon. Exactly. Maybe a Wetzel's Pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> you stop by Lululemon. Get yourself a Lululemon shake. One of their morning protein shakes. Mm. Whatever you want at the Mall of America. Go ride or ride at Nickelodeon Universe. Why not? I heard the SpongeBob one's fun. It's so much fun. And so that is rounding out the top five activities. Most of them outdoor, one of them indoors.
2: I love it. That's this week's Kevin's Corner.
1: (laughs) And if you want me to expand on the Atlantic, I'll do that next. The Atlantic article about COVID. I'll do that next week.
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll leave it up to the listeners. Write in, please. Write in um, uh, to Kevin J. Gale. Yep.
1: Hashtag.
2: Hashtag. uh,
1: Have two med students break down the strain on the healthcare system.
2: Yep. Nice and short. Yeah. We'll be able to find it. (laughs) Tweet at us.
1: Uh, Okay. This is going to be the longest podcast ever, I think. But we Um, have one more.
2: We got another segment. We
1: got one more segment.
2: Alright. Do we have Bra- any
1: bubblies here? I'm so thirsty. I don't, don't think we do, right? We don't, we don't. Alright, last segment, it's the mailbag. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, whenever you're in trouble.
0: Paw Patrol always offers fast and speedy delivery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God, I just made that one. Not good. <laughs> not, one of the, not one of the top mailbag sounders. I was
2: kind of, I was confused. I was all over the place. <laughs> What's going on here? Paw Patrol. Kids love that. Paw Patrol. I bet John... Wait. No, John's kids probably don't watch it. They're maybe a little bit too young.
1: Yeah, Paw Patrol. Yeah, too it's young. It's like preschoolers. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
2: Anyways.
1: Anyways, the question is from Jerry... Uh, Jay Gale. Jerry G, I should say. Jerry G. He what says, up? Uh, a lot of your peers will be moving across the country for residency. Mm-hmm. Which is true, right? A lot of people staying in Minnesota. Yeah. But you can go anywhere. You can apply to programs in Maine. Apply programs in California. Yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Not Alaska. They don't have residency in they Alaska. They don't have any. <laughs>
2: mm Sorry, guys.
1: Uh, so he asked, Do, does residency programs pay for moving and travel expenses?
2: Interesting question. Uh, a,
1: a little preface on this. Uh, the largest electronic health record company is called Epic, right? We were talking about electronic notes for patients. Yeah. They are only located in Madison, Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. But they pay a ton of money to get people to move there. So if you want to go work at Epic, they completely reimburse travel expenses and even give you like a travel stipend to buy some furniture once you get to Madison. Wow. Um and it makes sense, right? Because I can see why my dad's asking this, because we are signed a hospital. Yeah. We can say, I would prefer to go here. I would prefer to go here. Mm -hmm. Rank certain hospitals higher than the other ones. But at the end of the day, if I'm assigned to go to a hospital in eastern Wisconsin, I have to move there.
2: A certain hospital. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. And I think... Is it a
1: secret where you are trying to go? West Coast, Best Coast, West Coast, Best
2: Coast. So you are gonna have to
1: move across the country if that happens. Yeah. So I will let you answer the question. Will right. residency programs pay for this?
2: Um, the short answer is no. Basically, bingo. Uh, a lot of
1: what's the long answer? I thought that's the only answer is no. The
2: long answer is that some residency programs do, especially in in places where it's more expensive to live. Higher cost of living, we're talking big cities in California, New York. Um, I mean, I think those are the big ones. I guess Seattle as well. The residency programs will often have a housing stipend and or a relocation stipend that does not uh, really come close to it. I mean, it covers some of the fees or some of the cost of moving. And of renting in those places, but it really doesn't come close to paying for your housing. Not at all. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. A couple thousand bucks to move to California from Minnesota. Right. Um, I guess it depends on how much stuff you're moving. But I can't imagine that that's going to... I mean, it's going to make a dent. Right. So, short short answer, no. I don't... U of M, I don't think they have any type of relocation. No, 0%. Um. I, would, I, I didn't look it up. I didn't do any research for the answer because I thought it was no across the board. No, there's a couple. Uh, but yeah, it's like if you're moving to San Francisco, I think the residencies in San Francisco will give you like 5000 bucks. Okay, for moving for relocation moving rent. And for rent, yeah, for the year. And
1: their salaries are a tiny bit higher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their first year salaries like for cost of living kind of thing. Exactly. But it's like you said, it's going to make a dent. It's not going to do much. Yes, um, but the vast majority you're assigned and you don't get help with that kind of thing. Mm-mm. Figure it out. Um, well, they might. I mean, yeah. figure it out. We've talked before about only ten percent ish residency programs have um, a union. Have a union. Thank you for completing my sentence. Mm-hmm. My brain shut down. <laughs> and have, this would be a perfect it. example of why a union would be important. At every residency program,
2: absolutely, because
1: that those costs should be covered. If you ha, if you are assigned yeah. someplace across and you have to,
2: yeah, you have no choice.
1: Um, there's no reason they shouldn't be paying for that. A gigantic healthcare system like that, Minnesota Health, M Health Fairview,
2: yeah, giant healthcare system. Just became even more giant. Did they? Well, when they merged. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. When the University of
1: Minnesota <laughs> and Fairview merged to one, they're this gigantic. <laughs> and there is lots of profit to be made but they're not mm. paying for residency relocation costs no uh so short answer no <laughs> longer answer some places maybe longer still let's get some unions at these residency programs so we can get these cover- costs covered absolutely and that's the mailbag thanks j jerry g
2: <laughs> thanks jerry g Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, whenever you're in trouble oh
0: offers fast and speedy delivery.
2: Great.
1: <laughs> I was really searching for a mailbag. That, I think I did that like a month ago. <laughs> so I might delete that one afterwards. Yeah,
2: maybe not a keeper. Should we try another one or just no, save I think it for we're next good. time? We'll save it for next time. Okay. All right. And remember, if you guys want us to break down the COVID pandemic and the strain it's putting on the healthcare system, tweet at us. Hashtag Two Medical Students break down the healthcare care,
1: the strain on healthcare setting systems.
2: Yep. And we will find it. <laughs> um and if you don't want us to talk about it, uh tweet at us. Hashtag Two
1: Medical Students don't break down the strain <laughs> on healthcare systems due to the COVID pandemic. There we
2: go. And Simple
1: hashtag. Yeah. We'll you... search for it. <laughs>
2: All right, well that's our show for this week. Thanks for tuning in again. Um, we're excited to bring you more episodes in season two. Yeah, we're gonna be back on the regular. We're gonna be back in the next couple months. That was actually my New Year's resolution: uh, one episode a week for fifty-two weeks. Oh, we are already behind. Uh oh. <laughs> All right, like we say every week, a, a bird, bird in, in the, the hand, hand is, is worth two in, two in the, the bush. bush. See ya.